What's going on? What's going on? I hate average podcast back with another week, another episode. Last week was a lot of fun. We had Zakia from the Facts of Life podcast. We had a cool conversation on content creation and being completely open and honest with your audience. This week we have another great phenomenal guest. We have Raina Campbell. She's the chief dream driver. We call her. She is the host of the Dreams and Drive podcast, which is a great podcast on business and entrepreneurship. Uh, just following your path in general, the path that you feel is your purpose in life. Definitely a cool podcast. Check it out. Of course, after this episode. So, uh, here's Randy Campbell. Also, real quick, a quick disclaimer. I tried to edit out as much as I possibly can, but while I was recording this, my son was losing his mind in the room. <laughs> In the, in the other room that I was recording from. So uh, I tried to edit out. So you might hear a little bit of uh, echoing from my son, but still a great episode, still some great content. So here's Randy Campbell. Special guest, we have the chief dream driver, Raina Campbell. Thank you so much for your time, Raina. How are you? I am good. Thank you, Jay, for having me on your show. I'm excited. No problem. No problem. I'm I'm a fan of uh, Dreams and Drive podcast. Um, I'm really really excited right now. But um, so what got you started with, with the Dreams and Drive podcast? So um, I'll give you the the Cliff Notes story. So basically, <laughs> you know, I've been. Following college, I graduated from Princeton in 2013, and I kind of thought I would have this big media job, but the big media job never came, so I had to create my own opportunity. So I started blogging. I was working in New York City. I started blogging and writing freelance for a site called MadamNoir.com, and the business editor there, Tanya Garcia, I actually have never shouted her out before, but Tanya Garcia let me do, like, uh, I forgot who she told me she wanted me to interview. It was um, the owner of the beauty brand in New York City and I interviewed her and I just realized I love talking to entrepreneurs and she really encouraged me to continue with that beat and so for you know my time with Madame Noir always did um, profiles on different entrepreneurs I launched my own blog at that point too and I had my own series on my blog RainaCampbell.com called Brand Makers and in August 2015 I had this um, conversation with one of my guests And I was telling him how I wanted to get into podcasting because that was a new thing. Everybody had a podcast and he was like, what's stopping you? And that moment really, that moment really hit me because I was like, dang, like what, what is stopping me? Right. And he was (laughs) like, there's so many, there's so many people out there who are not as talented as you, who, you know, may not have your education, your background and they're doing things. So what's stopping you make it happen. And that's when I got really serious about it. I put a date on it, January 1st, 2016. I would launch my own podcast. And here we are, you know, 100, over 100 episodes later. Wow. Wow. That's, that's major. So, did you, if you didn't have the podcast, do you think you would have continued creating content otherwise? Or you just had the passion and just wanted to stick with podcasting? Can, can you repeat that? Because um, it broke up a little bit. I couldn't hear I'm sorry. So I'm saying, like, if you, if you didn't have the podcast, if you didn't have the podcast, do you think you would have been creating content um, by other means? Or was your mind just set on, on, on doing an audio podcast? 
I mean, I think I would have had to had I would have had to transition out of the way I was doing interviews before. So before I was simply just interviewing people, then transcribing them and then typing up the interviews on my site. And I was getting tired of that. I wasn't consistent. I love talking to people, but I just felt like the, nobody was reading these really detailed interviews I was having with people. And so I think if I didn't have the podcast, I would have probably transitioned to some other type of content creation, probably would have been video. Although mm-hmm. I think audio for me right now is what I like. Yeah. I think audio is, is good just because, you know, people, a lot of people tell me, you know, they, they're doing other things while they're listening to podcasts. They could be you know, doing laundry, they could be at work, and it's, it's less time-consuming. Mm-hmm. So, um, what's, what's one of your favorite questions to ask guests? Like, what's something that you did over 100 episodes? What's something that you find yourself asking most, most uh, guests? Well, I think my favorite question has to be the question I ask everyone, which is at the beginning of each podcast, is what inspired you as a child? I think I have this whole fascination with going back in time and being nostalgic about things from your childhood memories. But I just really think it's interesting to know what people passions were what was motivating them when they were young because I know for me like I had like I was a crazy kid like I was into so many different things and just a lot of the things that I was into it's it's interesting to see how those passions of mine have evolved into who I am today and it's so interesting because when I asked this question to my guests a lot of them I feel like we all would be cool. Like if we were kids, we'd probably all hang out together because the things <laughs> the things they were doing, I was doing too. Like a lot of my guests had like bookmarking businesses, were cooking, were selling things. Like they were like kids who were making stuff and that was definitely who I was as a kid too. So that's my favorite question because it's just it just kind of shows you like who are you as an eight year old and who are you today? What are the similarities? What are the differences? Yeah, definitely. So so what made you want to go, I understand you wanted to, to do the podcast, what made you want to go the, the business route? Is there, was it something that you just had the background with doing Madame Noir? Did you want to stick with, with the business um, niche or, or was there other niches that you wanted to, to delve into? You know, that's an interesting question, and I think it just was a natural progression for me. So, like, in college, I interned at CBS Corporation, so I kind of had that business media background. My own interests are in lifestyle, fashion, you know, beauty, all that stuff. And so writing for Mad Noir and having that business beat, I mean, in college, I was writing a lot about career stuff and professional development, personal development. So writing for Madame Noir and having that entrepreneurship beat, I just realized that, hey, this is stuff that I've always liked to talk about. So I think that I probably would have stayed within like that beat, like entrepreneurship business, just because it was just, I had this natural inkling to talk about that stuff. I also was, you know, had many side hustles for myself. Mm-hmm. So it, it was what I was most relating, I could most relate to. Okay. So, I guess this is my 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 fair question. Can you talk about uh, the name change when you, when you decided to to you went from the No Parking Podcast to the Dreams and Drive Podcast? Can you talk about that process? Wait, you've been listening for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I think I changed it officially like 
when I got the Apple podcast feature. So that was like August of 2016. But yeah, for people who may not know, so when I first launched the podcast, it was called the No Parking Podcast. I don't even know how I used to use Dreams and Drive or whatever. And I had like in the beginning, I was stuck. Like I, I really liked the no parking podcast just because of the peas and I thought the alliteration sounded cool and you know I felt like the whole idea of no parking was very very I don't know I I felt like I was like onto something and I remember though episode six guest Takeda Holly she was like girl like what's your podcast is it no parking is it dreams and drive and from episode six she told me that I should change it to just dreams and drive but I was stubborn I'm like no no parking sounds so much better (laughs) but what I realized is I knew what no parking meant but I felt like it didn't necessarily encapsulate what I wanted people to think of when they thought of the podcast. And I thought dreams and drive just probably made more sense. And so when I got the Apple podcast feature, I had to make a decision like, what do I want people to know me and the podcast for? And I just officially switched the name to dreams and drive. And I think it made a lot of sense because all my social media handles were dreams and drive, but I was calling the podcast no parking. So it was just confusing. And yeah. I just was like, let me just not make it confusing anymore. Yeah. Plus uh, you have the cool moniker of, of being the, the chief dream driver. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> and I, I didn't change. If anyone listens to my show, I still have the same intro that I've had from day one. And it introduces the show as a no parking podcast, but it's all right. <laughs> Maybe one day I'll change it. Yeah. <laughs> So what's what's something that um like a, a let's say you had your mindset on you know an episode going a certain way but when you actually started the conversation with the guests things kind of went differently can can you talk about a situation like that has that ever happened Listen that happens to me all the time just because I don't always plan out the um the shows that I like I don't always plan out the themes on the show but I think one that really that really hits me that I can think of right now is episode 86 with Sarah Vega. And I knew Sarah for a long time. We actually met at a blogger event about three years ago and we stayed in touch and she's an Afro Latina, Latina blogger. And, um, I thought she was going to be on the show to talk about, you know, what it's like being an Afro-Latina blogger, her experiences, all this stuff, being tattooed and how that's like, you know, all that stuff. But it turned out to be a totally different episode. Like she basically like revealed to me about like she was working a nine to five and in the prison system in New Jersey and just told me the whole drama that uh that happened to her about getting fired and the accusations that she had and the charges she had it was just crazy and how she was homeless for a while she tried committing suicide twice and it failed both times and just this epiphany moment she had with her family and with god and it was like one of those episodes. It was it's one of our top five episodes of the year. Okay. It just goes to show me you never know what someone's story is. Like you really don't. Like I thought I, I didn't really like me and Sarah were cool, but we weren't that that cool at that yeah. point. So I didn't know all this personal stuff about her. But I would have never imagined, right? Like all this stuff this person went through and it just made me realize like everyone has a story and you never know what someone's going through. And so that that's really why I also realized that sometimes you can't always plan everything. And I, I would have never planned 
how that episode went. And I think Sarah told me later, she was like, yeah, you know, I just felt like, like I wasn't going to talk about that, but I just felt like I need to talk about it. And it was just so natural and so genuine. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why people really related to that one. Definitely, man. That's a very tough and touching story. So, um, mm-hmm. so about you, how do you, how do you find time to, to, you know, balance your, your career and also, you know, growing your, your profile and podcasting? Well, that's, that's a good question. I think it's, like, it's funny because my most recent guest was talking about, you know, it's not really about balancing, it's about prioritizing. And for mm-hmm. me, I feel like, um, my nine to five, I work in marketing and e-commerce and it's, it's my passion, but I think my true passion is my podcast. So I kind of try to separate the two. So, you know, I go to work and when I come home, I spend the time on, um, on really growing the podcast. And I think my job and the skills that I'm learning in marketing on that end have really helped me grow the podcast as well. Cause I treat my podcast as a small business, which, which it is. And also I just really treat it when it comes to, when it comes to the marketing and sales side, I'm just like very on top of that type of stuff. So it's, it's, it's hard at times because I wish I had more time for my podcast. I was just telling one of my friends today, like, you know, if I didn't have a full-time job, there's just so much more that I could do time-wise when it comes to the podcast. But I think it's just about making goals and, and realizing that not everything can happen right now. I have to tell myself sometimes, like, you know, you can put some things in the garage right now, Raina, and it's all right. <laughs> You know, not everything has to be out in the driveway ready for you to drive it, right? So that's what I'm learning. And I also think just having a calendar, sticking by my calendar, knowing what's on my to-do for each week has really helped me balance things. And then just knowing that there are days, you know, on the weekends or Saturdays, I really try to keep Saturday's podcast free, where I just make that about me, you know, and just doing things that I like. So you, you have to schedule for me. I have to schedule time for everything. So that's how I kind of deal with it. Definitely. So are you, I guess it's a personal question. Are you like a, like a type A personality where you kind of work better when things are kind of uh, compartmentalized and you know, like this is for this and that's for that? Oh my God, that sounds so icky. <laughs> Now, you know, it's funny because I I try to, like, although I'm a very creative person, I I can't deal with, like, confusion well. So mm-hmm. I have to compartmentalize things. I have to, like, plan things out. I have to structure. Like, I'm mm-hmm. a creative person who likes structure, and I think that has allowed me at least to create, like, plans for things. Although I'm not always the best when it comes to planning, but I need some type of way to structure how I'm supposed to think about something or how I'm supposed to do something. So I don't know. I don't know if it's type A, but I'm definitely like not all the way type B, but not all the way type <laughs> A. Like I need some structure, but at the same time, I need some room to be creative and free. So that's kind of how I would describe myself. Okay. So how did you know, um, you know, you started doing the podcast and you did a couple episodes. How did you know, like, when the podcast became a thing, like how did you know that you started gaining some traction and people started really paying attention to it? How did, how did you, when did that come, that realization happen? Hmm. You know what? That's a good question. I'm trying, I feel like, you know, it's weird because I'm like, wow, this podcast is almost two years old. But I think like just in the beginning, 
I always used to leverage how the podcast is doing by how people were responding to it. And, you know, I think I had a really good first guest, David Michael Thompson, and he, um, he had his own like following. So the people really responded to that. Well, so I think like each week I just knew that, you know, with people responding, the downloads getting better and better that it was growing. But I think once I'm trying to think of, there were some, probably some pivotal episodes that I forgot, but I think once I got the Apple podcast featured and like my downloads like quadrupled and really went up, like and I got a whole new audience and people were really coming back. I was like, wow, like this is something like for them to believe in the vision and to feature it on the homepage and for people to be emailing me, like this means something. And I think something else that, that, triggered for me that this is part of my purpose was when people would like reach out to me personally and say hey Raina I really like your interviews I really like the way you talk to people I really like you know this helped me with this in my life you you never realize the impact you have on somebody and that was really really cool for me to see and it just also showed me that wait like you have a gift like you're not you, you know you kind of you kind of good at what you do and it was helping <laughs> me build confidence too so that was that was pretty that was a moment for me. I kept getting a lot of it. like, And I knew if, if more than one person is saying it, it has to be significant. And I had to start believing in that. So Definitely. And um, along, the, along those lines, where you, you got the, the, the feature with the Apple Podcast, and one of the episodes, you kind of, you know, detailed how that happened, how it, how it changed the trajectory of the podcast. What, what makes you... Um, so open. What makes you want it so honest and, and you kind of tell what's in the source sometimes? What, what, what made what made you um decide to to be so open with with your content? I just think that like, what's the point of me keeping it a secret, right? At the end of the day, I think I forgot who said this. It's like you can't always be so scared to like put your ideas out there because number one, no one's execution is going to be like your execution, right? Like I could tell you how I got the podcast, but does that mean you're going to go out and do it the same way I did? Maybe not. Right. And part of it is for the people who are listening to my shows, I really do care about the audience and I want to see them win. So it's like, I'm not going to sit here and not tell you how something happened just because I'll, I got to keep it to myself like, no, like, how many times can Apple feature me, right? Not They're not going to feature me all the time, but if my advice can help you get featured, I want to see you win, right? That's so true. that's been one of my approach. I, I want to see people win. That's like I, I genuinely like to see people putting their dreams in drive. And sharing a little excerpt of how it happened or how I was able to do it, is is good because there are people along my journey who have helped me out and I want people to see me as somebody who isn't selfish with the knowledge. I mean I'm not gonna tell you every single single thing, right? <laughs> like I didn't give you the email script that I of use, course, but yeah. but it's like I'm not trying to be stingy out here and I think there are some people who are scared to help somebody else out because they think, oh, then it's gonna take away from what I'm building. I'm I'm confident in that I'll still get to where I have to go even if I give somebody a hand or help somebody out along the way. Definitely. And that's very important. And as a listener, I appreciate that. So what's something that um some of the hiccups that, that you, you encountered when you first started podcasting is something that's kind of easy for you to deal with now 
Hmm. I think I had a lot of like hiccups when it came to like audio editing and just figuring out like I used to hate, 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 hate doing my intros and outros. I hated them. I mean, I still kind of hate them, but I hate them a little bit less now. Like it used to take me like an hour to do an intro and an outro, but now I could do it in like 10 minutes, right? Because I have the whole cadence of how things go, more confident in how I'm talking into the mic and how I'm explaining the show. It's kind of become an autopilot. I think for me though, I, I had a hard time in the beginning figuring out how to use social to promote the podcast. Like I wasn't necessarily really focused on growing like my Twitter following or engaging with people on Twitter. I remember one of my guests was like, Raina, you have to actually talk to people on Twitter. That's what Twitter is <laughs> about. And I was like, really? Like, I just can't just post and retweet. I have to like engage with people. And once I started doing that, like, you know, Twitter started, you know, growing. And then on Instagram, I had to figure out what's going to be my Instagram strategy and just going through different things, different styles. I found is that people really liked uh, the quotes from each show. Right. So that became like my signature thing is pulling out specific quotes on Instagram and sharing it that way. And now with Instagram stories, I'm figuring out what people like. So it, it really just has been about the promotion, trial and error, what's working, what's not working. I think also for me, it's like, you know, what type of guests am I having on the show? Um, how do I figure out what people want to hear from guests? All that stuff. Yeah. Have you ever had an interview that you kind of, you listened back to it and said you couldn't, uh, you couldn't put it out? Um, no, there has never been an interview that I done and I didn't put it out. Um, there's a solo episode I just didn't do because I'm like, this is horrible. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but for the most part, all my interviews, I, I know all the interviews I've ever done have been put, have been put up. Um, I mean, there are some that maybe I wished I'd done differently, but, um, none that I haven't put up. Okay. Okay. So how do you do it? Or maybe I don't know if it's outside, or or, or maybe it might be you being hard on yourself. How do you deal with criticism of of your of your art? You know what? It's funny because well, there are two ways that I I, I get the criticism because I feel like the people who are reaching out. Well, there are three ways. The people that are reaching out to me who normally aren't reaching out to me, like, to say, hey, I hated this, right? Like, yeah. So I don't get, like, direct criticism. It's always ones that I have to ask for. So the one person that does give me direct criticism is my sister. She was actually a guest <laughs> on the show. She's always telling me that my podcast intro's too long, I talk too fast, all this stuff. So, I mean, although she's not a regular listener to the show, I still do take her, um, I do still try to consider what she says because it's even better for me to take the, to to listen to what someone who doesn't listen to all of my shows and how they're experiencing it because they're not going to have the, oh, I love Raina effect, right? It's going to be like, hey, like, this is my first time listening and I'm not going to listen again because of that. I don't want that. And the second t- the second way I get criticism is by doing surveys and stuff. So, like, on Instagram, I might ask someone a, a question in, um, like, an Instagram story and they'll reply. And it may not be posed as, hey, give me criticism. I'll ask it in a way that they may not realize that that's what I'm asking for. But that feedback is always helpful. And then in my survey that I have on the site, like, I always – I have a question, you know, what's something that you wish we did or what's something that I could do better? And I really, really, like, 
I feel like some people are scared to 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 just tell me what they don't like. Yeah. So when they do, I really am very. I want to. Uh, I know the one thing I tell people is like every other thing I did before, I wasn't consistent. I wasn't really trying to make it grow, but. I really do want this to grow. So I know I need to listen to what people tell it or pe- what people are saying they don't like. Cause if I don't listen to it, then that's not going to make, that's not going to help me grow. And that's my ultimate goal. So I have to just suck it up and say, all right, man, you need to cut your intros. No one wants to listen <laughs> to you ramble for five minutes. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's something that I'm actively doing now. And speaking of, you just is talking about consistency. How did starting off, how did you do that? How did you, you know, put in your mind, you're finding guests every single week, week in, week out, and you just, you're you're doing the the editing or the audio editing, week in and week out. Like, how did you, you know, stay on that schedule? How did you, you know, keep yourself going? To be honest, Jay, I knew I had to do something different with my life and the way I was doing all my other media stuff, right? Like, I just... That will to just want to succeed really did help me because I was never being consistent before. But I knew, I just think I had to create a process. That's one thing that I tell people. I was just telling someone the other day who asked me about podcasting is like, you have to create your podcast process and be committed to it. Like you have to know what does it take for me to go from idea for a podcast all the way to promotion of the published podcast like creating a checklist and just seeing it all laid out in front of me knowing each part of the step and just going through that each week without questioning it and for me the thing when it came to content because you know my shows have guests so if if my expectation is there's going to be a new guest every week I had to then create a process to keep my backlog filled I was always somebody who, like, I hate all-nighters. I don't like staying up late at night. Like, I don't like stressing out about stuff. Mm. So if I don't like that stuff, then I have to create a system so that doesn't happen. So for me, it was, like, actively, proactively using my network, finding guests, and then booking people. So every week, at least, you know, every week I should at least be doing one interview per week so that I always have a consistent backlog. Like, right now I have about, like, eight unedited um interviews to go up so like mm-hmm. i have no i have no reason that for the next eight weeks is not a podcast and if i'm doing an interview once a week like i schedule out tuesdays and wednesdays for podcast related things i should i don't have any excuses so take mm-hmm. it take the excuses out of the process and you should be able to be consistent definitely definitely so what's the editing process now like like I think kind of the, the easy part is, is, is getting the interviews done. Once mm-hmm. You get it confirmed. You record the interview. Now you got to get yourself, you know, get yourself going to do the tedious editing process. So, you know, at first, I know now it's probably a little smoother for you. At first, how did you get yourself, you know, for the first 10 episodes, how did you get yourself to continue to keep pushing? Um... I think it helped that I had editing experience before because for some people, if you're not used to editing, then it's going to be like something you hate and you're not going to want to do it. But I actually do like editing audio. Um, So it 
I kind of saw audio, like saw editing as like a relaxing thing. So like you know, when I come home from work, it'd be like my way to unwind, right? And <laughs> I genuinely, I genuinely liked the stories that I was hearing from the guests. Like, I wasn't picking guests I didn't want to hear from. So I just would like you know a lot sometime every day and edit. And for me, it was also about optimizing my edit schedule or editing process. So. When I'm editing, I'm also creating show notes at the same time because I have a template for how I do my show notes. So I'm creating show notes, I'm editing, I'm also, um, you know, creating the pull quote, but I'm doing everything while editing um, because I don't necessarily have to be as involved with the editing. Like I'll listen and then if I hear something, I'll go into GarageBand and edit it out and then, you know, continue listening, be doing the show notes at the same time. So I found a way that works for me that I could leverage and optimize my editing experience. And it also, I just like, for me, I just associated editing with relaxing and making sure I gave myself enough time. So because I have interviews in my backlog, it doesn't mean I should be waiting until Sunday night to do the interview for Monday, you know? So I always try to at least start a week or two before the episode is supposed to go out um, editing. And how do you, what what made you want to stay on a a schedule that I think you do uh, every Monday? So how do you, you, what made you want to say, you know, I'm going to pick a specific day and just stick with that every week. That day, the episode is going to come out rather than just, you know, every week on one week, it could be on a Monday, one week it could be on a Wednesday. Like, what made you want to stick with one specific day? Um, I looked at, like, what other successful podcasts were doing. You have to get your listeners on a schedule, right? Like, you know, they know what's coming out Monday. They're going to expect it on Monday. I mean, there are some shows that can do that, and it's all right. Um, But I just told myself I didn't have a schedule. I wasn't going to, like, I wasn't going to commit to it. So for me personally, help it, having a schedule helped me commit. So, um and I saw, like, you know, think about a TV show, your favorite TV show. Like, I was, I'm obsessed with Game of Thrones. It comes out on Sunday at, was it 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Like, how would I feel if Game of Thrones said, hey, you know, we're going to come out on Wednesday. Or we're going to come out on <laughs> Tuesday. You know, we're not going to come out for three weeks. So I would get mad and I, would, I wouldn't take Game of Thrones seriously. You know, I would just wait till the end and binge watch it. But That's there's true. something about that live experience that I do like. So I just thought about, like, I'm taking this profession, it's professionally, I'm taking it serious. I want people to see me as serious. I have to do something serious. And mm-hmm. I just picked a day. I mean, I changed the day. I forgot when I changed to Mondays. It wasn't always Mondays. I think it used to be Wednesdays. It might have been Sundays before. But even if you change it, just be consistent for the day that you're changing it to. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to get people like, Human beings are creatures of habit, right? Get people on a habit. Get them, no, let them be able, you know, know when to expect when something's coming out, and that will help also when you're trying to grow. Definitely, definitely. Um, Raina, I really, really appreciate your time. I don't want to keep you all night. So, what's something that you could leave us with um, for podcasters that, or people who are considering doing podcasts? What's one piece of advice that you would give uh, for someone starting out? Um, the advice I would give is do your research. Like, I think a lot of people, and now that podcasting is becoming very big, it's becoming popular, the it thing to do, everyone thinks they can just 
become a podcaster and just put a show out. I think that you really need to understand who your audience is. A lot of times when people want to grow and they don't see the growth that they want, they're not necessarily thinking about who's your audience? Who are you trying to reach? Are you creating content for your audience or are you creating content for yourself? Because if you're creating content for yourself, then you should just don't even publish it. You know, that's my <laughs> philosophy. That's I try I try to think about who my listeners are, what are their challenges, what are their needs. But my show is a different structure. It's a Q&A uh, podcast based on entrepreneurship and business and professional development, all that stuff. So that's it, a very targeted audience. And mm-hmm. I just think that everybody just wants to do a podcast. You know, I like chocolates. I'm going to put a chocolate podcast out they don't take time to research what do chocolate lovers want to talk about. So that's the biggest thing I would say, no matter what your structure is, no matter what your goals are, just take the time to do some research, learn your, learn the competitive landscape. Like I know I talk a lot in like business terminology, but for me, if you're trying to grow and if you're not already a personality, you're going to have to take the time to really research those type of things. Like how do you grow like, see it as a little business. It's, it's a little entrepreneurial endeavor to launch and grow a podcast. So hmm. that's the thing that I would tell people to do. Thank know you your so, audience. Definitely, definitely. Thank you so much. <clears throat> Sorry. So everyone can reach you at Dreams and Drive on all of your social media? Yes, and we're dreamsanddrive.com if you want to listen to the podcast. All right. Thank you so much. There you have it. That's my interview with... Raina Campbell from the Dreams and Drive podcast. That was an interesting episode for me because it seemed like everything that could go wrong for me was going wrong. My son was going crazy. I kind of lost my voice towards the end. But <laughs> cool conversation, great insight, great content. I hope we had some value for some people, especially those who are interested in getting into the podcasting space. So definitely you can hit her up at dreamsanddrive.com or check out her podcast. Also, hit us up. You could email me, show at averagej.com. Also, rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Rate and review. Continue to rate and review. Go on SoundCloud, subscribe. Check out our website, averagejay.com, averagej.com. And uh, I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.